You are listening to the Aaron Evans podcast. This podcast is for the skinny dippers, the seekers, the stargazers, those that want to dream big, bet high, fall in love again and again, those that want to break free and know their highest self. Thank you for your attention. You can follow me on Instagram at Aaron underscore Evans or check out my website, AaronEvansYoga.com. Buckle up and thank you for tuning in. Hello, my beloveds. It's me, Aaron. I used to joke that I grew up with friends that had really hot names like Karina and Natasha. And I would go out with them and we'd meet some sexy humans and they'd be like, oh my God, nice to meet you. I'm Karina. I'm Natasha. And I had to say, I'm Ern. I'm Ern. It's not a bad name. It's just not exotic or particularly sexy. But anyway, not the point of today's conversation. I've been thinking a lot about what it means to be woke, awake, conscious, and where I'm starting to notice that I'm not woke, conscious, awake, is all the little places that I feel uh, triggered a charge from, where I feel there is grievance or bad blood, where there is dark agenda. And the word freedom is fascinating. It means the power or right to act, speak, or think as one wants without hindrance or restraint. Some synonyms would be right, entitlement, privilege, flexibility, opportunity, play. So the alternative to that would be restricted, stuck, impotent, imprisoned, reserved. Within yoga philosophy, we have a dualistic perspective, meaning there is two things happening simultaneously. We have the material world, and I am a material girl, that consists of our five senses, our five senses that create action, which are hands to grasp, feet to walk, a mouth to speak, our our genitals for procreation, and our organs for excretion. We also have our mind, our very basic bureaucratic mind. And then on top of all that, we have these three qualities that are constantly making the, the manifest world happen. And the Sanskrit word is aguna, and it translates as a strand, a thread, and it is the qualities that make anything possible. So we have a spark, a creation, an illumination, sattvaguna. You get an idea to uh, take a photo. You really want to go out and you want to take a picture of your favorite mountain. And then you have the action, Rajaguna, of going out, setting up your tripod, taking the shot. And then afterwards, once you've captured the shot, it's now dead. 
it's over and there's a natural lull or lethargy or time of rest called the tamas guna. And those three things are always happening with our thoughts, our emotions, our actions, and how we operate in the material world. The gunas are sattva, which means peaceful, illumination, insight. We have rajas, which is activity, perhaps greed, aggression, uh, passion. And then we have tamas, which is heavy, lethargic, and restful. And the other reality that is at work is the phenomenal world, the never-changing, ever-present, background, clear blank slate of universal consciousness, unconditional love, space. So as people that want to become free, we want to peel apart what is true and pure from what is impure, what is living and what is dying. In cognitive therapy, they talk about this model of a triangle. And the idea of the triangle is that we've got a thought, we act upon the thought, and then afterwards we have a feeling about that thought. And I mentioned this idea of a camera person that's going out to get a shot of a mountain. Now, there's two ways that that person could go get that shot. The first, the idea is, oh my God, I, I want to create. That's a positive spin on sattva. Then that person goes and actively engages with the mountains, perhaps the aurora borealis, to, to get the shot. And then afterwards, they would relax and there would be non-action, a restful phase. And then there's another way where a person has an idea because they want to appear good. So they, they get this insight that if they get a shot of this mountain, it will look good. They hustle and with greed because maybe they could make money off this photo, they go and they get the shot. And then afterwards, they've got this depletion and a victim to what feels like their own laziness. So you see, from an outsider's perspective, we would see the shot, wow, stunning, but we wouldn't know the, the intention behind getting that shot. So everything that we do is driven by the material world. In order for us to use our lives to create the, the, the greatest amount of connection with all, is to peel apart and remove what is not gonna last with what is everlasting. And it always comes back to this idea that we must act, we're creatures of action, but we have to act for action's sake alone. But that is so complicated when we have bills to pay, children to feed, um, an Instagram presence to keep up, so then how does one continue to participate in this material world without getting trapped and caught in the places where they are not free? Take a moment and consider where you're not free. 
where there is a charge, where there is something that you have not yet let go of, processed, or uh, truly integrated that still gets a little bit of juice from you. Because where you are not free, there is a power leak. When I feel envious, angry, separate, there's a charge there. And it is up to me to use what I know about my human makeup to start to control this erratic going out in order to go back in. I talk a lot about this idea that we have a specific role to play. You are a poet. You are a plumber. You are a architect. You have a job to play. And you are set up in such a manner that this is the path that you walk. Now, it is important to make money, but when money becomes the end goal, we know that we're entangled, enmeshed, and we are not free. When we look at the mind, we have a basic mind. In, in Sanskrit, we call it the manas, and it's your bureaucratic mind. It does tasks, it judges, it evaluates, it's looking out for number one. Then you have the aham kara, which is the eye maker. So it takes possession. It says, this is me, that's not me, personal identity. And then above that, you have a booty, a really great peach butt. No, I'm kidding. A, a higher mind, an, a wisdom and an intellect that is original and it's only yours. So what we're attempting to do through any spiritual practice, any practice that calms us down and allows us to access flow is to approach, have a moment with this booty, this higher wisdom. And higher wisdom is about untangling from what the matrix looks like. Right? Because as a person within this system, I naturally would compare myself to what I see around me. But what if I stepped out, I panned out a little bit further to watch it from a higher vantage point? To simply know that this personality of Erin is doing her things and participating in the world. She's on her own trip but less attached to the outcome. So I am a coach and one of the number one rules of coaching is detached involvement. It means that I'm super engaged in my client in, in their highest good, yet I don't wanna control their destiny and it's not about winning or losing. It's like I'm watching them in the battlefield to give them water and to wipe the blood off their face, but. I'm not, it's, I'm not for or against it. I'm just there with them. And so as yogis, as people that are curious about becoming more woke, more free, could you be detached but involved in your own life? And the first thing to do is to figure out where you are not free. And then you go in and you start to acknowledge, okay, I feel anger. 
And then ask yourself this anger, is it stemming from a feeling of not being loved, not being acknowledged, not being seen? And is it true? Is it absolutely true? And then you ask yourself, if I believe that I am not seen, how do I behave? I shut down, I pull away, I get upset, I don't get close, I'm, I'm fearful of rejection. And then you start to access the flip side of it. Who would I be without this thought or what would be another thought? I belong because I belong because I breathe. I belong because I breathe. And if I believe that I belong, how do I participate in my life? How do I access a more peaceful approach to all the, the travesty and the conflict that I'm naturally encountering? And I'm not suggesting toxic positivity, but what I am suggesting is that the action is in the reaction. Someone says they don't love you, you don't get the job. How do you step out of the matrix? And, and even if just for one moment we believed that there was this bigger play out, you know, like this cosmic justice system where the only person that we were responsible for or to was that image in the mirror. At the end of the day, when I'm lying in bed, I look back on my day and I imagine I'm a character in a video game. I ask myself, where was I rooting for this character? Where did I abandon this character? Where could I have supported them more? Where did they need more love instead of that brush your knees off and get back up approach? So that every single day I am evaluating how I showed up. And just recently I've shifted my paradigm from imagine this was the last time you ever got to eat dinner, see your family, make love, and change that to, what if we were to live forever? If I am to imagine that I am to live forever, I want to clean it up. I want to clean up the places where I could have been more succinct, more present, places I could have been more for myself, and evaluate if it is not bringing me peace, what is my option? Because we're going to continue to encounter things that rub us the wrong way. And uh, if you listen to my podcast with Tiaga Prem, he talked about the waves of karma and that we will continue to encounter that same karma until we decide to behave differently. So to be free means that I'm no longer so strongly attached, triggered by what's happening in the outside world. I go back to my center. I go back to myself, my high self, the part of me that is not material, not my body, not my age, not my looks, not my, my organs of, of sensing the world, but that part of me beneath it all that is unaffected and unshakable. To be woke, to be awake, to be conscious 
is to watch your repetitive, non-conscious processes of seeing, hearing, tasting, touching, and, and starting to watch the way that they work themselves out in every scenario. Because the material world is for sensing, it's for experiencing, it's for enjoyment. But there's a part of you that is way bigger than that, way more important than chasing that next high. So who are you when no one is watching? Where are you stuck? Where are you still in pain? The time is now, and we are the ones we've been waiting for. If you liked what you heard, be sure to rate and subscribe to this podcast. As always, I am so grateful for you, and I am a seeker just like you, a work in progress. And we only get where we're going together. Go in, ask yourself the hard questions, and let's get free.